0: Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And I am absolutely jazzed, if that's a, a cool word to say these days, it probably isn't, uh, about the topic of today's podcast. And one of the reasons why is because I actually think my kids would enjoy listening to this podcast. I have some teenage kids and and some younger kids. I think my teenagers would dig the topic of today's podcast and you will too. Uh, We're talking today about TikTok and Snap and how to run ads, how to do organic on these platforms. And so this is a topic that I hear coming up more and more in different marketing groups and masterminds that I'm a part of. And uh, I realized that I don't know much about either platform. And so I decided to bring on the experts in this space. This episode is brought to you by e-commerce influence. If you enjoy my podcast, you've got to check out e-commerce influence, hosted by my friend, Austin Bronner. Austin interviews world-class e-commerce operators like Native Deodorant founder Moise Ali, Movement Watches CEO, Jake Kassan, and Pure Vita Bracelets founder, Griffin Thal. He deep dives into what's working right now to scale your business, and he offers a refreshing break from the crush-it culture plaguing our industry. The e-commerce influence podcast will not only change your perspective on building your business, it'll change your perspective on what's possible for your life. I've known Austin for years, he's the real deal, and he's someone you need to listen to if you're serious about growing your business. Check out the e commerce influence podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the show uh, Anders, who's the CEO of Wallaroo Media, and Madison, who's the VP of uh, social at Pouch, which is a division of Wallaroo Media. And so, Anders, Madison, welcome to the show. Uh, how's it going? And, and thanks for coming on, guys.
1: Thank you, Brett. Going great. Um, we're excited to be here in the chat. Yeah, TikTok and Snap. So
0: yeah. Now let us let us know where where are you guys hailing from? You're you're hailing from the the beautiful state of Utah, correct?
1: Yep. Uh, I am in the Salt Lake Valley. Our office is in Provo, so just down the road from Brigham Young University and Utah Valley University. We've got a office right there on Center Street, and then um, we've got though our team is spread out uh, across the country. We've got some in New York and Chicago, a bit remote, but a lot of our team is is here in Utah, and then Madison.
2: Yeah, I am as well. I'm located in Salt Lake City.
1: Awesome. Only been to Salt Lake City one time. Beautiful place. Love it.
0: Uh, so, uh, a little jealous of your weather a lot of the year. Not in the winter, but the rest of the year. A little, little jealous. Yeah, so you, you got to come come back. Yeah, I will. I definitely I definitely will. So, uh, Anders, I, I got to know Anders a, several years ago. We were working. He was working with one of our brands that we've been the agency for for a number of years, and. Now, Anders is running his own agency, and so you know, this topic of of TikTok and Snap Ads it's it's heating up, man. People are asking about it. We're we're hearing about all kinds of crazy organic growth on TikTok, and the ad platform is really maturing as well. And so, I guess as kind of the first question, let's start on the ad side of things with with you, Anders. How should we think about TikTok ads? So, from a uh, you know, what what do we need to understand about the platform? And maybe talk strategy just a little bit, and then we're gonna uh, pivot and also look at the organic side of TikTok.
1: Yeah, TikTok is still very early in its infancy from an ad platform. You know, advertising on the platform has been around for about two years, you know, or so. With with beta advertisers, uh, we came on board about a year and a half ago um, through their managed platform, and uh, so they're continually working out kinks. You know, different. Uh, Things on the back end, account setup like self serve wasn't even set up. Um, so we are like with that. There's a lot of things that they're fixing on their end, and for a lot of advertisers, sometimes it's it's it does mean more risk. Um, you don't the platform uh, may not be as stable as say Facebook or Google and these that have been around a lot longer. So that's something to uh, you know I guess use a little bit of caution with, but. It's also an opportunity where a lot of advertisers are not yet. And we know that TikTok as a whole has just blown up uh, you know the fastest growing platform right now, um, especially here in the US. So the eyeballs are there and there's not nearly as many advertisers. So while Facebook CPMs rose thirty percent in January, you know we were spending and seeing CPMs between two and six dollars. Um, well, during Q1, <laughs> That's insane, yeah. So, yeah. so it's a it's a much cheaper way to to get those eyeballs out um, or eyeballs on your brand. Um, and but there's a lot of testing going on. Uh, there's a lot of things that we've got to keep in mind. So with that, you know, using this, uh, it should be incremental to your business. You know, we're not looking and and bring brands onto TikTok to replace you know, Facebook or Google Ad Spend, we're looking to help it supplement that and to diversify uh, ad spend and and strategy to just diversify things. And there is this new customer, like you mentioned, this younger, uh, you know, Gen Z and you know the younger millennials. But I'll also say we've had a few brands that we've worked with and we see buyers over forty five, you know, coming hot. Yeah. Um, So it's really growing quickly there. Yeah, I
0: I know it's going to continue to grow in those older uh, demos. And we, we, you know, my wife and I have some friends in their 20s and 30s and stuff. And we know, you know, a ton of them are on TikTok. I was just hoping that I could be cool again for like my teenage kids because they don't think I'm very cool right now. So that's why that's why I mentioned that. But uh, yeah, I love I love this idea of of incremental growth and supplementing some of your big channels. So yeah, you're not saying okay, go slash your Facebook spend by fifty percent or your your Google Ads spend by fifty percent so you can do TikTok, but add this on and and it is where the attention is right now, and that is something that like Gary Vee talks about a whole lot. You know, attention is oxygen. Like you, you have to go where the attention is, and so. Um, really, really interesting. What what about on the, the organic side? And then we'll kind of talk about content and ads in just a minute. But Madison, I, I hear stories of people saying, hey, we'll, we'll post this on TikTok and it'll go viral. Uh, in fact, our controller, Patricia, we call her DJ Patty B, uh, she um, posted something on TikTok with her dog, like her dog and her cat got in a fight or something like that. And it went completely viral. It was like half a million views or something like that. She didn't really try and didn't even know what she was doing. And she, she, I was in the kitchen the other day and she was like, did you hear that I went viral? And I said, <laughs> are you sick? Like, you know, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what she meant about viral. Uh, but then she said TikTok. And so pretty, pretty crazy what's happening there on the organic side.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to describe it. Things on TikTok are crazy and they're they're hard to expect, honestly, even, even as marketers who do this all the time on TikTok, you don't always expect what's going to go viral. Um, but the exciting thing about TikTok is that there is this huge viral potential that's really, really hard to find on other platforms these days. Um, and there's a lot less brands on TikTok, more and more are jumping on, I'll say, especially with the overlap now with like Instagram Reels and uh, YouTube Shorts. Like there's a lot of ways to to cross promote this type of content these days. So more and more people are jumping on, but um, it's still somewhat early for brands too. And so there's, there's a huge potential. Um, and what I would say in terms of organic content for brands is that if you're going to do it, you have to really be willing to commit to it because you can't take your other strategies and, and try to apply them to TikTok. You have to really be willing to get into what TikTok is and, and who the people are that are there. They don't care about brands that just want to be there to promote. They want to see brands who are really understanding TikTok and the trends and, and becoming a part of that really unique culture.
0: Yeah, so let's unpack content a little bit and I'll talk talk about organic first Madison, then I want to want to find out about ads too from Anders. But certainly we've got things like Instagram Reels and, and YouTube Shorts which which are taking off and gaining some popularity, but to have success with TikTok, you need to create content for TikTok first, right? You create for the platform because the expectations and the behavior and the mindset of the people that are on the platform is different, right? So what what does what does content, organic content, what should it look like on TikTok? Uh, and, and maybe what are some ways where it's different from Instagram and or YouTube shorts? Um, so, so what are some things to keep in mind there?
2: Yeah, great question. You're, you're completely right. It has to start on TikTok um, or else it's not going to be successful. Um, the place that I would suggest with starting is always with sounds. TikTok revolves around the sounds. And if you start there, you're automatically... Uh, so, so
0: talk, talk to a guy who knows very little. I downloaded right. TikTok after our last conversation. I've gone on it a few times. I confess, not very many. So what do you mean by sounds?
2: So when I when I say sounds, it, it includes music and unique sounds. So there are songs on TikTok Um, All the popular songs are there, and if you're a business account, you do have limited access to some of those more popular songs, which is when we start to talk about the unique sounds, and these are anything that another TikTok user uploads into the app. Um, We're then able to take that sound that they use on their video and add it to video and add it to our own, so that's where trends sort of pick up are around these sounds, Um, and people will create similar or different videos using that same sound and take it to all different places. And so some of the sounds are just music, um, background sounds, and some of them are really the entire trend that's happening. Um, And so if you start there, you're probably, you know, 75% more likely to be on trend than if you just create a video from scratch because you think that it will be funny or clever.
0: Got it. How, how else is TikTok different from other platforms? Because it seems to me in my limited ex- exposure here that, you know, like with, with Instagram or something, you could just get on and start talking, right? Or, or YouTube Shorts could be you just kind of talking about something. But that's not really what you're doing on TikTok, right? TikTok has got a different pace and, and it's kind of a different flavor. So, so how else is it different?
2: Yeah, so one of the biggest ways that it's different is how you're finding the content. It's all coming through your For You page And you don't necessarily know who it's coming from when it pops up. So you're right in that the pace is really quick. If I watch three seconds of the video on my For You page, if it doesn't grab my attention in some way, you're already skipping it. You don't have that like name or profile attached to it like you would with people that you're following on Instagram because you already know that you want to see their content. This is all random. And so you have to grab people really quickly Um, And you have to create content that has those elements where people will recognize the content as it comes through their for you page so that they stick around long enough to watch the full video. So that's why influencers are, are, you know, obviously taking off. You see their face and you stick around long enough. Um, As a brand, you have to do the same thing. You have to have types of of, um, threads and themes throughout your content that people will pick up on so that they recognize you and care.
0: Awesome. Okay, Ander, so so let's talk the ad side of things really quickly. Uh, You know, I I know YouTube ads really well. Uh, Thinking about what makes for a good YouTube ad all the time, and we're dissecting things. And and even though I don't run ads on on Facebook or Instagram, i got a pretty good idea of what works. You know, sometimes it's just a simple product demo. But, you know, those platforms do have, and especially YouTube, have some similarities like TV ads, right? Direct response TV ads. That's a pretty comparable uh, pretty good comparison to YouTube ads, but I know TikTok is different. So like, what, what do we need to know about TikTok ads, both in terms of the creatives, but then um, let's also maybe talk about how they function in a minute too on the, the the way they're sold and stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we have, it's very similar to what Madison was talking about. Uh, we recommend creating ads specific for TikTok. Um, Snapchat, we'll talk about later, I'm sure. You can take a good Instagram story ad or a good Facebook story ad, throw that on Snapchat, and a lot of time that's going to work. But we have tested time and time again, and a lot of times it's when a new client comes on, that's all they've got, we'll throw it in there, and it just flops. And we've also tested it where you know we create something specific or work with Madison and her team and or the brand and influencers to get something that looks and feels like a TikTok. Nine times out of ten, that's going to outperform the more polished uh, the more polished ad. Um, and TikTok did this massive campaign last summer where they said, "Hey, don't make ads, make TikToks." They yeah, hundred million dollars to small businesses to come mm-hmm. and test and and do that. And uh, you know, I I think a lot of those businesses that came in didn't go and make ads or make TikToks. Uh, they made ads. And I think we, we, we didn't see those perform nearly, uh, nearly as well. In terms of functionality, your TikTok ads are actually not connected to your profile yet at all. So that's one thing, uh, you don't need to have an organic presence on TikTok to that's nice. have an ad account, which is a little bit different, um, Not to say that it would be more beneficial to do both, obviously, but if you're just getting started, you don't have the bandwidth to do organic or don't have the bandwidth to do ads. It's not like you have to do both. Um, And the other thing too, why a lot of that Instagram story, we're so used to saying swipe up, swipe up, swipe up. Well, TikTok, everything is swipe left um, to load the page. Uh, If you swipe up, you swipe off of your ad you swipe off of your piece of content and onto something else that may be more attractive to the user and take them away from your brand or product. So uh, we still see, and I've seen this time and time again from even just big brands. I don't know if they're working with just a lazy agency or what, but they'll throw in their Instagram content that's running on Instagram ads and say swipe up. You're telling people to to, to go away, so uh, <laughs> like on YouTube, hey, skip this ad uh, because we have something really important to say. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's something to keep in mind uh, in terms of time limits and things. Well, also just in terms of content, it's only video. You can't take a static right. and throw it in here either. So it is a higher barrier to entry than just yeah a static ad for you know Instagram or a, a display ad on Google. Gotcha.
0: So, and and how, how long are these ads typically? Are there, are there really defined limits or is it more about these are just the limits that are most effective?
1: Yeah, so there is a, a limit. I believe right now it's still one minute. Um, TikTok organically, that's what the limit was until I think really recently. They've started to up that and play that to three minutes. So we might see some longer form ads coming, but we see... And I'd say it's similar to YouTube or you know another platform. The ad, we haven't found a sweet spot in terms yeah. of like your length. It is as long as you can keep them engaged, keep them around, and pushing the product. Uh, we've seen minute-long ads crush it. We've seen a 15-second ad crush it. Because the other thing that's nice too about these smaller, um, shorter videos is fits 10 seconds. TikTok's automatically going to loop it. It's not like Instagram stories where it just goes to the next video and your six-second ad, somebody blinked and missed it. TikTok is going to replay it until somebody swipes away from it. So, Interesting, interesting. Talk
0: a little bit about pace and and sort of how you structure the creative right because i know on youtube as an example the first five seconds are critical because that's the time before someone skips and so we think about we usually want to have a couple elements in the first five seconds maybe one cut uh but something that really grabs them you know so we have like what we want in the first five seconds talk about
1: pace and and what you want in that tiktok ad yeah so definitely you know we almost always recommend product first um, like, you know, make sure that you're showing your product. It's very easy to get into a TikTok trend and not show the product until like 15 seconds. Or sometimes we'll work with the influencers to create some content. And the first piece of content that we get back from them is them talking about the product and then they hold it up like 10 seconds later. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, is definitely not ideal. Now, that said, there's one particular example that, the product, I don't think, was shown until like 25 or 30 seconds in. And Madison and her team worked on this with Vessi, brand that we work with. Yeah, waterproof yeah. great shoes. waterproof shoe. Absolutely. And we ran this as an ad back in uh, like October uh, of 2020. And it was with this influencer. Her name's Call Me Chris. She's based in Canada. She is blown up. I don't know how many followers she has now. It's like tens of millions. Um I think it's like thirty some um but she did this. She's got a character and it's a trend that people follow her with and uh or follow her for and she didn't actually she talks about waterproof shoes um or you know talks about shoes, but the product itself and the product demo happened around like the thirty or thirty five second mark however. The interesting thing is that, that's that, the exception. Though, that's not the rule. Like she's yeah. really engaging, and people loved her. Otherwise, this would exactly. Was so that and that crushed it organically. That crushed it. We were able to boost it as a TikTok. That crushed it. So in terms of that formula, you know, it differs really based on that content. Now, if you're making something internally and you're doing something like a hey an unboxing, there's also ways to. It really is just go. On the for you page, start swiping to get ideas. See what trends are currently happening, and think how can I take this and turn it into a trend. Um, There's a big trend, especially around like TikTok made me buy it, and so we've created several ads. um, TikTok made me buy it. Yeah, that's great, actually. Yeah, and, and we'll create several ads around that, and you you know use this tiktok voiceover it's not siri but it's you know got a voice that speaks the words out and there's text on the screen and you know tiktok made me buy these shoes or you know this iphone case and you can then do the unboxing there whereas on instagram you might just start with the unboxing and that might perform really well Uh, so there's ways to tack on and use that from use trends as a best practice as well so I'd, I'd say product first and then focus on trends um, it. it is it is very difficult to just like we haven't seen an ad just take off that doesn't follow some yeah. sort of trend uh, I'll yeah. just say trend trend videos outperform uh like nine times out of ten nice. And is that
0: what you're doing on the on the organic side as well, Madison? Where you're obviously you have to have a deep understanding of the the client's product and their market, but you're starting with trend first, and then seeing how you can uh, leverage that trend with the, with the given brand.
2: Yeah, typically, and it depends on how much flexibility we're given too, because trends happen very quickly and they come and go. And do they
0: fade? Okay, yeah, fade quickly. Hundred
2: yeah. percent. Most of them. M- most of the trends that come through TikTok die within a week. And then there are some standout trends that will stick around for you know a couple of weeks, really they're very strong. And then you can, you can still do that trend and use that sound a month later. And it's still relevant because they were big enough that like everyone saw them, right?
0: So like, like TikTok made me buy it. That's maybe one with a little more longevity, at least for now.
2: Yeah, TikTok made me buy it is interesting because it started a, a while ago, probably six months ago. Um, wow. And it's just this week. Came up on the Discover page, which is where all of your trending hashtags show up. Um, And it was like number three trending hashtag. And so some really um, evergreen trends like that will come back around every once in a while. Um,
1: And one thing I want to call out too, because this really started organically, was there a lot of people would do like things you didn't know you need on Amazon, part one. Like there are pages for this. And then they, put a link in their bio and drop an affiliate link, whatever. Well, now Amazon actually promotes all of that content. Um, like They're working with influencers directly to push that. And so that's another one that, it's been around for a while. It started a while, but still, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's more evergreen now. And that's specific to Amazon, the the giant that they are, but yeah, super interesting. So uh, I've got so many uh, so many questions. I'm, t- I'm trying to like
0: decide what to ask next. So I want to talk, talk metrics and, and what we, what we're seeing there. So we'll get into that in a minute. First, I want to talk about uh, the content a little bit more. So when, when you create an organic post, are you then? Are there any similarities between this and Facebook, where you're like then you're boosting that organic content, or are the are the content pieces quite different? And so you've got your organic and you your paid. That's the way it typically is on YouTube, right? Typically, YouTube, you got like ads are different, organic is different. But it sounds like there's probably some overlap here. Who wants to take that? I know both probably.
1: Madison, I'll let you take it. Um, that way, because uh, I think what would be interesting. I think people want to know like what is the length of a piece of organic content because we do boost some content, mm-hmm. but typically we wait a little bit. So I'll let Madison take it first and then I can talk towards the the
2: paid. Yeah, so there there is a lot of overlap because again, what we're talking about with ads that perform really well, it's, it's because it looks like a really strong piece of organic content. So it sort of starts organically and then we take the things that are really working and that's where we're putting the money. Um, a strong organic piece of content I would say is, you know, usually 15 to 30 seconds. Try to keep it on the shorter end. Um, But like Ander said, as long as you can keep people's attention, um, that content when it's posted will typically get the most amount of engagement within 48 hours, let's say. Usually sort of if it's going to blow up, it blows up almost immediately. But then it has a lifetime that's... uh, indefinite, honestly. It, it depends on how other things perform. Um, it will keep gaining traction, especially videos that do perform very well, for a week, sometimes even two weeks. And then what will happen is if you get another strong piece of content later, TikTok says, oh, now look at these new 50,000 people who are interested in that brand's content. They'll pull from old videos and start pushing them back into the feed as well. So the lifetime of a video is really dependent. um, But typically we like to see that like one to two weeks, let that content really live it all out, get all of those views. And then that's when we start to look at, okay, what's really performing and where do we want to put money behind this now?
1: Yeah, it's
0: super interesting. So the 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 shelf life of a given video typically is pretty short, but if you have a good strategy and you're releasing more content that people like, there's kind of a, a compounding effect, right? This resurfacing effect that really, really makes it attractive to say, hey, let's keep putting content out, which I think goes back to your first point, Madison, of... You gotta commit to this. If we're gonna do it, Absolutely. commit to creating and, content.
2: And that's where those themes and trend not trends, themes and storylines come through. So for example, with Vessi, one thing that we did was what we call a pour video where we just pour random liquids over the shoes. That really grabs people's attention really quickly. It's very yeah. interesting. Like,
0: it's like the will it blend videos from so many years ago, right? It's, it's like sucks. the will it, will it, it important important. Ketchup.
2: That's ketchup. funny. We actually talked about doing a series called Will It Repel completely yeah. <laughs> based on that. Will yeah, the shoes great. repel these liquids? Yeah. So when we Astor do that, <laughs> When we had a poor video perform really well, TikTok immediately recognizes the five other poor videos that we've done beforehand and will show those same types of videos to people. So that's where having those uh, themes and storylines in your content really pays off too, because as soon as one uh, hits, if you will, then TikTok will find the rest of it.
0: Yeah, cool. So... So what are the metrics we're paying attention to? And it's really interesting that you kind of know in the first 24 hours, like if, if this thing isn't going anywhere after 24 hours, it's, it's pretty well dead, right? Yeah. So, so what, but what are the metrics we're looking at? Is it just strictly views and engagements? Or are there other ways we can tell if people? Like, I know on the, on the Facebook side, likes and comments, you know, likes are great. Comments are maybe better. Shares are even better than that, you know, from, from what I know from my Facebook friends. What, what are those key metrics here?
2: Yeah, I would say views is just absolutely the biggest one because the way TikTok works, once you start gaining views, it's exponential. They're showing it on more and more and more for you pages. The other thing that you can see within 24 hours of posting your video are the analytics of that specific video, and you can see how many of your views are coming from your profile or your followers and the For You page. And if you see more than 50% or more like 80 or 90% coming from the For You page, that video is getting a lot more traction, right? Um, Shares are also a, a huge metric.
0: Got it. And, and are shares pretty common? Like, is that is that a big thing? Or are people mainly just watching from For You and people they follow and stuff like that?
2: Sort of depends. You can have a really successful video that doesn't get a lot of shares, um, but typically shares are a really good indicator. They do happen nice. even more than you would think. Like some videos don't seem like something that people would want to share and they still, they still get a lot nice. of that on TikTok.
1: Nice. And I'll chime in real quick too about shares because shares on TikTok are really unique uh, where... You know, Facebook; those shares uh, are more like on the platform, and you know, more and more, I think you've started to see shares happen through Messenger. But when you share something on TikTok, um, probably, I probably—I don't know the stats on this, but I would bet ninety percent of them go to a text message. Like, I find a funny or a TikTok that I like, I grab that link and I send it to you know my family list or my wife or whoever. And they can see it right there, um, you know, in iMessage or you know, in their in their phone, and it opens right up. So it's a you're not like DMing it all the time. Um, my wife and I like we've never really DM'd a, a link over there uh, through TikTok's messaging portal, but we do it through text all the time. Yeah. And then same thing if you share it onto a Twitter or somewhere else. And a lot of times you can save a video and then you go repost those or they'll get reposted on Twitter. Um, you know, it's always cool. TikTok does have that watermark, which I'm sure you've seen that. Bounce totally. Yeah. Now. We've used TikTok
0: influencer clips on YouTube ads and they've worked really well, like when combined with other things. So yeah, I yeah. do see that, that watermark a lot.
1: Yeah. So that, that's a cool feature too, because it always gives that credit back. And yeah, yeah. Um, and. We've seen two, you know, I don't know necessarily with many of the brands that we've worked with, but definitely I've seen content that has crushed it on TikTok and then all of a sudden it's on Instagram Reels and trending on mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times it wasn't even the person who posted initially to TikTok yeah. that shared it to the other platforms.
0: Yeah, and it, but it, so it does seem like TikTok content can be shared elsewhere and it works. You just can't go the other way. You can't usually create yeah. something for Instagram or YouTube and then share on TikTok. That 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 sharing doesn't work, but it does work from TikTok to other places. Um, so let's talk about the relationship of ads and organic. Uh, it sounds like you're often posting organically, seeing if it's got traction, then you're, you're then you're boosting it potentially. Does does putting ad dollars behind content help with organic reach as well? So like, again, as an example. On the on the YouTube side, like there's almost no connection, right? In fact, in some cases, if you promote send ad traffic to something, it will hurt the organic reach because your watch times drop and all these things, and so that that hurts organic. What's
1: the interrelationship here between paid and organic? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, your paid account and your organic aren't even connected at all. Yeah. So um, the only way that they are connected is if you do. A boost and the way that these boosts are done actually is TikTok really cool. We've heard of whitelisting on Instagram or YouTube or like all these ways and permissions is just an absolute nightmare uh, from an ad agency to to get those from influencers. TikTok's got a really nice way. The user just goes and clicks that share button, but then it will allow them to generate a code. And anybody can do this. Um, You don't have to have 10,000 followers to do it. Um, You don't have to have a brand profile with 10,000 followers. And then it generates that code, and then you get that on the back-end TikTok ads manager where where you can put that in and and then boost. Um, Now that said, it's still... I don't believe that this feature is widely available yet to advertisers. We have it on our accounts that we're connected to, and there's a lot of beta features that come out, but that you know, whitelisting may not be available to everybody yet. I know that TikTok's rolling it out, and it might not be available for every country either. And then uh, there are as well some other objectives, similar to Facebook, where you can boost a post uh, or... Say so you've got a business, you post on Instagram. And there's that little boost button down there, and you can optimize for you know traffic to your website or engagement. Uh, TikTok's starting to test and do more, and they do have you know conversion objective or traffic or brand awareness, and one that's opened up more to and and is still I think more of a beta is engagement. Uh, so we well, what objective you found to, to work best? And
0: like on on the YouTube and Facebook side, like if you choose. Views or, or engagements—that's what you'll get if you choose conversions. You know that—that's what you'll get. But what, what do you find working on TikTok?
1: Very much the same. Uh, it wasn't always the case. You know, last June, for instance, we ran for a brand, and that was back when the Pixel was like very rough. Like tracking was very difficult. You couldn't yeah. even post events on in in your code. You had to do it all through their portal. And so we ran actually traffic a bit last June for one brand in particular. And according to the post purchase survey results at the end of the month uh, for their Shopify store, TikTok absolutely crushed. And uh, we were definitely bummed we didn't go and spend some more dollars uh, on traffic. But since then, Conversion. I'm so the through. number, the numbers in TikTok looked
0: bad, but the numbers in the back end on Shopify looked great.
1: Yeah. Oh, the numbers in TikTok back then, like, showed it, it was like nothing. It was no, like yeah. we saw like five purchases, and you know, uh, I think we in that month, I think we spent maybe like six or seven grand, and uh, but on the back end uh, post purchase survey, it was like forty five thousand dollars in sales. Whoa, um, so that's good, it was that's it was answer. absolutely. Uh, uh, it was it was it was a big difference wow. um now that said like there we we have seen the conversion objective work so much better yeah. uh, just like Facebook and like a lot of these other ad platforms they do recommend that you optimize for the an objective that you can get out of learning and that learning needs fifty conversions a week so 50 a week okay fifty a week um just like Facebook for that learning phase yep, yep. so we We have tested a lot, you know, add to cart, like optimizing for an add to cart. We've optimized for PDP view. We optimize for complete payment or initiate checkout. Uh, All the testing that we've done, it's just once you get a complete payment or a purchase, optimizing for that is just far better. Sometimes it's more expensive and definitely more expensive to get traffic or sometimes an add to cart, but we've seen it's much more qualified.
0: nice and, and, and it sounds like uh, things are getting better there, although at, at, at the time of this recording we're battling iOS 14 dot five and and, and fourteen six. And, and so we're seeing that you know big impacts on YouTube and Facebook and other places. So that's likely going to create some headwind for any iOS app. but there's actually a big release recently, right with with TikTok um, attribution where now it's like a seven
1: day click one day view attribution where before it was not. Yeah, so that was a recent update and it went to, yeah, seven day click, one day view, pulls auto advanced matching or advanced matching with phone number and email match and user ID and IP address. So they are able to do that. It's not able to get around, obviously, if they opt out on iOS 14 mm-hmm. devices, but we're, you know, we've already seen a, an improvement on the the back end and, and in TikTok metrics, uh, yeah. especially. Uh, it used to be, yeah single session so if you're selling a 150 fifty dollar pair of shoes you know in Vessi's case that's not always an impulse purchase buy
0: right you mean to think about that for a little bit maybe to get approved yeah. from your spouse or your significant other like you're maybe not buying
1: on that single session yeah yeah and if you didn't buy on that single session tiktok wouldn't report it and it wouldn't wow. get any of that data back that yeah. that buy happened yeah. so it's it's so that, that, made, that made your job tough uh yeah, we didn't have a lot of advertisers that were like, like I said, you've gotta be willing to risk. Like, it is, it's, it's a higher risk. Um, yeah. and I yeah.
2: think.
0: What's interesting though is that there's going to be a lot of platforms kind of moving in that direction. Potentially, we'll see. There, there's all kinds of solutions to iOS 14 that are out there, data modeling and things like that. But yeah. it's very possible that there's a future where we're going to have less visibility into that clear conversion data, and we're going to have to find proxies and ways around that and just be smart marketers, you know, so uh, super interesting. Um, I want to talk about, you know, I and I know we got to get to Snap first, but the TikTok has been so much fun. We may have to do part two at some point to really dig into Snap. But, uh, you know, usually we're running direct response ads. When we're running YouTube ads. We have direct calls to action. We're telling people to go do this or download that or shop for this that type of thing. What are you seeing on the TikTok side? We'll start with you, Madison. Are you are you specifically telling someone to take action or is it more kind of fun and light and soft sell?
2: Yeah. On the organic side, we're not doing a lot of hard call to actions. Um, yeah. It's more about appearing again as a brand who knows how to TikTok, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people sort of get excited about that and Um, The other approach is the sort of exposure everyone's talking about this product. So you can have that sort of like unboxing or UGC style people just Mm -hmm. talking about the product without saying you need to go get one of these. Um, We do that with influencers too, just talking about I love this product. But really, no, especially on the organic account, we don't have any strong call to actions. The only exception is influencers who have specific codes or affiliate links um, yeah. who will drive those specific just ones. Like, no, go,
0: but, go get my code or, or mention my name
1: and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, but but typically on the organic side, we're just trying to appear cool like every other TikToker yeah. on the app, really.
1: <laughs> and Madison, yeah. do you see a difference in performance? Like I know sometimes brands that we work with will have a promo or like a big sale and they want some piece of organic content. Do you see any difference on how that performs versus, yeah, the more fun, casual, soft sell?
2: Yeah, typically a promo is not actually the easiest thing to to do on TikTok. It doesn't perform as well as it would. Whereas on other apps, you know, you have a group of following that are so excited when you have a promotion because they already know and love you. Um, uh, on TikTok, again, your being sh- your content is being shown to a bunch of random strangers who don't even know who you are, and they don't care if you're running a promotion or not. Um, and so, it, it is a bit tougher um, to do a sort of promotion or uh, call to action in that way.
0: Super interesting. What about on the ad side, Anders? Are you are you asking for action? Are there are there buttons or call to action links or like what? We'll talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the TikTok user is very savvy for the most part. Like they understand how it works. They understand that. They, they, they were our, born online, right? They, yeah. they were born with a cell phone in their hand. Like they didn't exactly. know what to do here, yeah. Yeah, so they swipe left. They know they're loving the website. And, uh, but that said, we do, uh, especially when we're creating a piece of content and uh, are doing post-production and maybe we will close that video and go to like the brand logo and then we'll have a swipe left, uh, you know, To shop, kind of call to action. We we do we do some of that, Uh, but even that call me Chris video I mentioned you know earlier. That's one that there was nothing in there that was like you need these shoes or anything. Yeah, Yeah, it there was it was it was a very soft sell, engaging piece of content, and it sold the product like in a very very soft but easy way, and it just made sense. And that's I think what we see the the best content that works the best from a performance standpoint is it's selling the product and it's making it a no-brainer for for people to buy and you know it's probably similar to your youtube stuff where you know they just the the video should sell the product um, exactly. without you yep. you can give them those little jabs you know click here or swipe left but that's that's typically what we see best
0: yeah it, it can be very very simple we talk about that a lot on the youtube side that it's just simply a, a learn more or visit site. Like it can be very simple if the product demo is powerful and the hook is powerful and you're really creating desire. Like you just need a little nudge at that
1: point, and, and yeah. Then people will take now the, now there are like the call to action button. Like mm-hmm. we can change that on the back end. We can change it. Shop now. Watch more. Learn more. You know. Uh, buy now or get offer. Like there's a bunch of options like, you know, there are, wait, the wait, what are you seeing there? Are you seeing any, any trends there? Cause like, like on YouTube, shop, a example, yeah.
0: Buy now doesn't work well on YouTube, but yep. shop now learn more and visit site honestly works super well. Weird.
1: Yeah. We typically see shop now and order now. Okay. Uh, okay. That those work best. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too, on that little button there, uh, TikTok's starting to work more with catalogs and especially for direct response. We're doing a lot of that where we'll upload their catalog in and then it gives you a little... Not, not to get too nerdy, but on the, on the catalog side are you using a, a feed
0: service like a, yeah. a data feed or data feed watch or something like that? or to, to we, Yeah, we
1: use company. data feed watch, but it also like if you are That's on Shopify, yeah. you, it will connect it with Shopify and okay. the TikTok okay. sales channel app. So you don't even have to worry about any of that. Right. But The way that this call to action works is it will actually show one product and then the name of that product and the price and then every three seconds it cycles through to a new product while the ad's playing. So if your ad's 30 seconds long, it's going to cycle through three products like several times each and that's eye-catching to the user saying, hey, we're selling things and we've seen those uh, collection instant experience catalog ads actually perform really well. Um, Higher cost per traffic, but a more qualified user, for sure. What kind, what kind of audience targeting is is possible on on TikTok? Uh, yeah, what, what's available there? Yeah. So again, very like limited, and compared to Snapchat, Google, Facebook, and these guys who have been around for a long time. But there's a lot that has come out recently, uh, specifically around behavior. So every TikTok profile is connected to some sort of. Uh, Theme, I guess. So, are they into video games? You know, are they, is it a news type video? Is it about animals and pets? And there is behavior targeting on the back end. Nice. Of TikTok. That's something we've seen work well. It is a, a behavior trend. targeting. It, 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 it sounds like that's
0: maybe almost more interest targeting, or are you targeting other TikTok influencers? Or and what do so- you mean? Been-
1: so there's interest-based targeting and I'm not 100% sure how TikTok gets all that data, you know, if it how much of it's in-platform versus outside and data partners. But then there's behavior targeting. And so I can target people who watched videos in the last 7 days or who shared a video in the last 7 days that was in the baby maternity kid space. Interesting. And it's we know it's relevant because it was in the last seven or fifteen days yeah. um, that you can do. You can say if somebody liked or watched all the way to the end, or they commented or they shared. So uh, there, and I think overall, because we've done exports and, and done some of this, I think it's around like six hundred fifty behaviors uh, okay. that 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 you can target up to, up to that range. What,
0: what, and I, know, I know everything is still pretty new, and, and it's going to vary from advertiser to advertiser, but what types of targeting tend to lead to the best results? Is, is it behavioral? Is it is it more interest-based?
1: Uh, what, what, what are you usually starting with? Well, we're starting broad. We're, yeah. we're saying, hey, let the machine do that. Go and find that. Uh, but you are able to do behavior exports on your data and see, okay, when I went broad, who were those behaviors that were performing best? Who didn't perform? And then we can narrow down and do a little bit of testing there. We can also do then that. Then you can one. double down on whatever the data shows you that, hey, this audience was performing well, so maybe you could get more of that. Exactly. Um, and for a while, we saw these behavior audiences especially performing better than broad. I'll say more recently, we've seen broad work better. Yeah. Their lookalike system to an email list and phone number upload, that's not available to all advertisers. But okay. I think got they're whitelisted got to spend a certain amount to get Yeah, that. you've got to get whitelisted for yeah. it. Um, yeah. But I will say that lookalikes haven't performed as strong as maybe they do on other platforms. So I think there's still some work that they're doing on their Interesting. end. Interesting.
0: It really seems like Facebook and, and IG have nailed lookalikes. Google's still behind there, honestly, which is crazy because Google is so advanced in so many ways. But um, what what about remarketing? Is remarketing possible? Can you upload remarketing lists or or target your email
1: list? It sounds like maybe. Yeah, so you can. uh, If you get whitelisted, you can obviously you can upload phone number match and email uh, phone numbers. Because TikTok, you can't sign up on the desktop; like you have to do it on mobile. Mobile. And a lot phone number match is actually a higher rate there. So that's one. Uh, In terms of visitors to the website, you know, with this new pixel change this recent pixel change in the seven day uh one seven day click one day view they are getting more data and matching more so we are able to do some on the visitors but historically it's only been you can retarget people who came in through an ad so say your brand gets a hundred thousand views a month and you start spending 100 bucks a day on tiktok well Your 100,000, we're not going to be able to retarget. We're only going to be able to retarget the people who came through your $100 a day in ad spend. So it's it's gotten better and um, And it will continue to improve, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. 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 Super interesting. So I like that approach where you talk about going broad first and then looking for trends and looking for audiences and, and doubling down there. And I think that makes sense because once CPMs are low, Things, things may go viral a little quicker, like all of that. On, on, on YouTube, we actually do the opposite, Where, or at least this is our approach. We like to go very, very focused mm-hmm. because YouTube is so massive, and the CPMs aren't as cheap, relatively speaking. So we want to train the algorithm, and then we go broad. But I could totally see the reverse working uh, in this case, which is, which is super interesting. So um, this is awesome. And I think one of the key takeaways I'll underscore here is, it does make sense, just like with other platforms, to think about the platform first, design and build your content for the platform. But the beautiful thing about TikTok is I believe it's very, very shareable. You can spend some time with Madison's team or Anders' team building this great TikTok content, and some of it you're going to be able to repurchase on Snap and, and Reels and even on YouTube. Like we're like I said, we're using like little snippets of uh, TikTok influencers on YouTube videos now, and they're working well. Uh, So I think that's a a nice benefit. Um, Cool. Anything you would kind of wrap up here, and then we'll spend about 10 minutes talking Snap ads here in a minute. But anything else that we need to know, and I know we could probably talk for hours about TikTok,
1: but any other little nuggets you would share? I think the biggest thing for TikTok ads is just making sure you're set up with some measurement for success. Like what is success going to be for you? Yeah. If you rely on in the platform, uh, it's it's like what we're seeing on Facebook and Google and all these things with iOS 14 and tracking falling, like don't come in to TikTok and expect a three X return. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do a post-purchase survey, like do something and don't just rely on Google analytics either because that last click or first click, isn't going to match Um, really under
0: under report as well
1: so yeah i would definitely say get a post purchase survey going especially as you're diversifying to let you know rely a little bit more on people and less on the pixel especially as the pixel maybe gets less and less accurate
0: yes so interesting
1: and i I think that's going to become more and more important the post purchase surveys any any tools or pieces of technology you recommend for that for the the post purchase survey yeah there's two that we use uh and recommend to every brand that we work with specific to Shopify. These are Shopify apps. And the first is Enquire, E-N-Q-U-I-R-E. Uh, and then the that one, I think the they've got a $20 a month plan um, that works just great. And then there's another one that's called K-N-O, No Commerce. Um, both those are in the Shopify app store. No does have a free plan. Uh, and both of them, it's just a very simple, at the end of the buy uh, on Shopify, that confirmation page, it just says, Hey, you know, basically one more thing. How'd you hear about us? Nice. And then you can customize that. And when you start on TikTok, make sure you've got TikTok there. Yeah. So. yeah. Great.
0: Awesome. Madison, what about you? What, uh, what do we need to know? Any final nuggets on the organic side of TikTok?
2: Yeah. On the organic side, I would say um, it, it's all like you were talking about. TikTok content is really working in a lot of other places right now, so mm-hmm. it's so yep. worth it to dive in. And like we talked about, it's all about commitment. You have to do it TikTok first, but if you do that, it's really going to pay out. Um, the The benefit of doing organic. Paired with ads and having a really strong like organic influencer approach, they're all working together really well. We're taking influencer content using it on our organic page. We're taking organic content using it on Instagram reels. And and suddenly, before you know it, you have a hundred videos, um, yeah. which every brand is dying to have, and it's just really, really beneficial. But like Anders said, there's risk involved. It's different. It's unique. You have to be willing to be flexible and and put your hands up and say, okay, I don't know TikTok, um, and and let you know let let your marketers do it.
0: Yep. Awesome. Really, really good stuff, guys. That was fascinating. I'm suddenly excited uh, about TikTok. Uh, so let's talk Snap a little bit. So Anders, what do we need to know about Snap
1: ads? I know they're a different beast, different animal. What do we need to know about them? Yeah, Snap Ads. Obviously, their stock has been just crushing it, um, and they're continuing to come out with new products and you know new partnerships uh, in the commerce I space. Snap- I see Snapchat advertising for their ad platform
0: on YouTube all the time, which is interesting. Oh, interesting. Yep. I have YouTube Premium, so I don't get I don't get your <laughs> ads, Brett. Thank <so. laughs> you, <it>, uh, <laughs> You're killing me, man. All right, yep. keep going.
1: <laughs> but uh, Snap Ads uh, too. They Earlier, you know, this year, I think it was Q1, they did come out and say that Snap Ads has more, you know, like millennial, like 18 to 40 users, I think, daily active users, than you know, even TikTok and some of these others. So the the Snapchat user is using the platform daily. Like it is also a very different user. You know, TikTok, they're on daily, but Snapchat Their messaging, like they're constantly. Yeah, where you said
0: TikTok messaging isn't so much happening. Snap messaging. I mean, I know my 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 son is nineteen. Like that's how all his friends communicate is snap. Let me snap this person. So you know, that's that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's that. There's the yeah, the back and forth. There's the discover section, which has kind of got like all of these stories and it's a lot of clickbait articles and like your influencer that you follow probably has, you know, stories on there um, that, that are trending and that you can click into. So it's it's a unique platform, um, but people are there. And their ad platform is also very, very good. Um, and it's gotten a lot better just over the last couple of years. Um, and I'd say even the last year in general has gotten gotten much stronger. Nice. Um, would, would, would a Snap ad be more comparable to like an Instagram ad? Definitely. So they've got, you know, whether you're chatting or like watching a piece of content on Snapchat or watching the stories on Snapchat, uh, just like Instagram, you know, story ads, it will inter- intersperse with their story ads on Snap. Um, there's a way to put in your catalog and do dynamic product ads as well to show the show the pair of shoes that you were just looking at on the website you know make sure you show it to that user there. Uh, there's AR uh, filters as well that that are a little bit more pricey to go and build out but it's a different experience and uh, you know that's a chance to get a little bit more in the messaging space like if, if your son all he's doing is messaging back and forth and he's not using the other stuff. He's probably using a filter, you know, on some of his chats. So you can run a filter uh, to do that, and whether it's a filter or which is or an AR lens, um, you know, you can you can run sponsored versions of those as well. Um, but it is uh, it's a yeah, strong. Is that, does
0: that work well? Like, would you suggest a sponsored filter as an example, or, or is there just like a
1: standard? Those work uh, really. That? Yeah, those work really well. So when I used to work at Code Epoxy, which is an outdoor gear brand, we had this awesome big outdoor gear brand, man. man. Yeah. It's such a cool brand. Thank you. We had this event called Questable, and it was a 24-hour adventure race. And we would host these events, and there would be a starting, basically, where you picked up your packet and everything, and then we had a closing ceremony, and. So we would, it was very easy inside of Snapchat. I could just go like geofence, like the park, and I could put a filter on there. So, because I knew everybody who was coming, especially at that time, they could go through and, you know, make sure that people knew they were at questable and it was a branded, you know, thing. Uh, so it's much more on the brand play, I would say, for uh, for filters. It's not... Not amazing for for selling product. Yeah.
0: Um, so the filter
1: is not going to be a direct response play, but it could be a nice brand play, and and and, and that certainly has value too. For sure, for sure. Um, the AR filters, I will say, are a little bit different because you can actually. This is where you yeah. can like see the couch in your room or something. Yeah. Or see yeah. Something on the wall or maybe apparel. Although that probably is pretty advanced. Yeah, I think it was Nike or the sneakers app. You know, was one like last summer that really came out and did it was it was a Michael Jordan I think a new Jordan shoe and you could put that out in your living room and you know look at it and then there was actually hey you can buy this and um, that was like the first I think drop that they did with this feature Snapchat did and uh, you know you could check out like really quickly so they are getting there they are doing I think a lot more uh, to to make that more approachable for advertisers. But I think there still needs to be some adoption for nice. sure. Nice. And so then on the, the,
0: the pure ad side, are you seeing direct response type ads working? So products yes. like you're seeing on, on Instagram or Facebook, those are working well on Snap too.
1: Yeah. Snapchat, super low barrier to entry. There's like no minimum a day at spend. You can take what's working well on Instagram stories and like, Throw that in, get the pixel up on the website. If you've got a Shopify store, they've got a Snapchat app, links it like within a minute, and like you can be off to the races spending ten dollars a day retargeting people to your website, and um, it's your your user. You most likely have a good amount of users that are on Snapchat. Snapchat. we uh, with a lot of our brands we make sure that hey this is a part of the customer journey. We don't recommend take just what's running on Instagram and put it on Snap. We also like to think how can that's we awesome. make a good yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, but that said like those users are there. Um, yeah. and I think that that's just an important call out is like they are there and if they're there more people probably are new customers and yeah. they're targeting lookalikes or pro- really pretty good there. There are interest-based targeting. They also partner with Datalogix and Oracle, or maybe Oracle, I can't remember, Nielsen Data. There's these audiences directly built into the platform. You don't have to work with a third-party partner, and you can so you can Find like income targeting, are... obviously geo-targeting, stuff like that, yep. but income, interests, stuff like that. Yeah, People who shop at Foot Locker in the last 365 days, you can go and do that. Or did they go to Bed Bath & Beyond? So it's like actual credit card consumer data. Yeah. You pay the premium CPM inside the platform, but you're not getting an invoice separately. And those audiences, uh, like... Yeah, you can, and it's something we're starting to test a lot more with iOS 14. Obviously, is cool. going yeah. after more of this data. So totally makes sense. Uh, what, what about attribution? Is is the
0: is the pixels the the snap pixel pretty accurate, or what, what are you finding there?
1: Yeah, I, I mean pixels in general. I feel if you've set them up properly and through the channels, like they can't, they don't lie to you. Like yeah, they yeah. yeah, they might show more numbers than if like. Snapchat, because there's so many users on there and also CPMs are dirt cheap on nice. Snapchat. So retargeting wise, you could like on a ten dollar a day budget, say you add, you know, five hundred or you know, fifteen hundred people to your website, on a ten dollar a day budget retargeting, you're probably gonna show your ad to every one of those people who wow, are on that's Snapchat. Awesome. Yeah. Like really, really inexpensive, and people also don't get tired like of seeing ads in Snap. Frequency can go really high, really. But what, what, what think I think it's just the user um in, inside of there. Like it's just a they're in there constantly. They go to the Discover page. They're not. They know because they're in there so many times a day that it's not updating yeah. constantly. Yeah. Like it is, but not everything's changing. Just like when I go to the news website, you know that I read. Yeah, I don't expect. Completely every time you reload during the day, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, because of that, we also again going back to like that incrementality and making sure you have a post purchase survey. Snapchat will take credit, especially on a so their default is a 28 day swipe, one okay. day view. Okay. I think it's transitioning more to that seven day swipe, one day view. But that one day view. Like I said, ten bucks a day or whatever on a smaller site will show it to everybody. So Snapchat will take credit in the platform yeah. and pretty tell pretty you what, on, the, on the attribution,
0: which is okay. That's where that's where you, you triangulate the data by looking at post-purchase survey and tools like yep. that. So yeah,
1: but you can also narrow down to one hour view or three hour view or six hour view. So that's what we do with a lot of our brands is we narrow it down to that one or three hours to say, hey, if they bought within that period of time. You know, this is probably a little bit more interesting uh, to attribute and, and give credit to Snapchat on the retargeting front, as opposed to somebody who saw twenty an, an ad 23 hours ago. Sure, sure. Um, but the other thing, and Snapchat, finally, I've been bugging this, bugging them for this information. They've got a lot of details around shopping retail. Like, you know, so many people Snapchat like an outfit when they're at, you know, Forever Twenty One or whatever, and send it to their girlfriends. What do you think about it? Like, there's that, but from direct response, finally, just um, you know, recently got some data from Snapchat, and it's like something like seventy-five percent of Snapchatters don't take like a last-click action when interested in an ad. Like, hmm. it's like twenty-five percent of them open it in like a new browser, or like twenty-five just remember it. And, and, and go, go search to, later or something like that. Search yeah. on Google the next time they
0: um, yeah. go there. Yeah. But, but it will pick that up, though, still, yeah. the the attribution.
1: It's really good. So. Oh,
0: cool. Awesome. Well, guys, I I have more questions, but uh, we've gone a little bit over our allotted hour, which was totally worth it. This was a ton of fun. Uh, Where can people learn more about you guys? And and like I mentioned in the beginning, I've got more people asking me like, hey, who's, who's the Snap agency you recommend? Who's the TikTok agency? And so I'm sending them to Wallaroo for sure. But where can people connect with you? And then do you guys have any free resources or anything you'd recommend that people check out?
1: yeah definitely wallermedia.com um or you spell you know, that real quick honors. yeah w a l l a r o o media.com i'm on twitter at r p i i p you can always just shoot me a you know a dm or, or something there um, we've got a lot of resources our blog we do we do a bit as well and we talk a bit about tiktok and snap and why you should be there and try and keep those up to date with like profiles that are doing good examples uh, but I'd also just say, and from a resource standpoint, TikTok has go to business.tikTok.com, business.snapchat.com. Those resources are so underutilized and they have your best practices. You go to the business.tikTok or ads.tikTok. First message you'll see there is don't make ads, make TikToks. Nice. And uh, totally the advice nice. you're going to get straight from the source is, is always my go to. So yeah, cool. Awesome. What about, what about you, Madison?
0: You you like to connect on socials, or should people just go to WallarooMedia.com?
2: Yeah. Um, I think the best place to go is is through Wallaroo. We have a really close connection between our organic and ads and, and typically work together with a lot of clients. So Wallaroo is a great place to start. And Beautiful. you will happen upon our organic division pouch as well.
0: Pouch, yeah. Awesome. Guys, this has been totally uh, amazing, and we'll have to schedule a follow-up here pretty soon because I know we can go a lot deeper and there's probably more questions that other people have as well. But really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for spending the time. Thank you so much, Brett. Thanks for having us. It was fun. You bet. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in and giving us an hour of your life each week or thereabouts. Uh, And hey, we'd love to hear from you. If you like this show, share it. Share it on TikTok or Snap if you want to. But let other people know about this show. It means a lot to us. I think it will be helpful for them as well. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. All right, guys, let's wrap. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with performance max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our Pmax checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more, or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.